This is Jewish Board Talk with Cherie Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. My next guest is Yusuf Haddad. He fought in the Second Lebanon War, where he was badly wounded. This is not unremarkable for Israeli citizens, but there's something different about Yusuf. He is an Arab-Israeli Christian and one of the first few to volunteer to join in the IDF. Yusuf, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you very much. Yusuf, what, what motivated you to join the IDF? Tell me your story. Um, I think if I start from the bottom line, the IDF is not a JDF, which is, it's not a Jewish defense force, but it's an Israeli defense force. And uh, in Israel, there is Arab and there is Jews. Uh, but the one common thing between us is being Israelis. And actually, this is how I was grew up. I was born in uh, the city of Haifa, and Haifa is the biggest mixed city in, in Israel. And then later on, I moved to Nazareth, uh, which is the biggest Arabic city in, in Israel. Uh, but I always kept connection between the two cities. And uh, growing up, having Jewish friends, Muslim friends, Christian friends, Jewish friends, um, and we used to play football together, uh, what you call it, soccer. And uh, uh, always uh, after, after that, uh, hanging out together. So we grew up like this. And the one thing that was in common between all of us is the fact that we were Israelis. And um, in fact, uh, when I arrived to the age of 18, I, uh, I asked myself why my Jewish friends and my uh, Jewish friends uh, are obligated to, to serve. Uh, and I didn't, uh, I don't have to go uh, to the army uh, because eventually we are defending the whole uh, society, the whole uh, uh, country. Uh, so I decided to volunteer, and I decided to volunteer the Golani Platoon uh, Brigade, which is for me the best uh, brigade in the IDF. And um, and I think my decision was final, and I knew that I'm taking the right path. But one month before I started my service, um, and a terrible event happened. But that terrible event reassured me that the situation or the decision that I took, it's the right decision. So one month before I started my uh, service, a suicide female bomber came to Haifa and she blew up the restaurant, uh, Maxim restaurant in Haifa, uh, eventually uh, killing 17 civilians and wounding more. Uh, four of those civilians were Israeli Arabs. I understood that terrorism doesn't really separate between Arabs and Jews. Uh, if you're an Israeli, you are a target for terrorism. So I knew that while I'm in the IDF, I'm defending my whole society. Later on, when I became a commander and then, uh, and then I fought in the Second Lebanon War, uh, rockets from Hezbollah uh, fall in my city, on Nazareth, killing babies and uh, injuring uh, others. So when I was fighting in Lebanon, I was fighting for my society, my sector, but also for the whole society of Israel. Uh, and that's why uh, if anybody asked me about the decision, I would say it was the best decision. And I think that uh, everybody should uh, defend their country in a way or serve their country in a way. Yes, if you talk about serving your country and there are options for Arab Israelis to serve, that's not quite IDF. What made you decide IDF was for you specifically? And Golani units, well, which is quite elite. 
So, um, well, for me, I wanted to do something significant. Um, I usually um, don't uh, stop in a something that, okay, let's do something to say I did. I wanted to serve my country. I wanted to go to a place uh, where I can say I did my best for my society. And uh, and you're right. You're right. There is other options. There's there's, there's options such as in uh, in the army itself, not to go to an elite uh, uh, unit, but uh, there's also another option in terms of going to the national service. I don't know if other uh, if uh, if there are a, a, a people there that listening know that in the Israel in, in Israel you have the, uh, the possibility to serve in something called the national service, which you do in the community and serve in the police departments, hospitals, um, special schools. Um, but for me, I looked to do something uh, and to go and to protect my country. Uh, and as I said, I think I, I, I pretty like I, I gave us two good examples uh, on how it was important to put, to protect my country. And part of my country is my Arab sector uh, and my friends, my Arab friends, not only the Jewish uh, sector. Um, but but I want to tell you something else. Today, um, as uh, as a CEO of the, the organization Together Back for Each Other, we actually advocate and promote the national service more than the IDS. Because we believe that eventually we need to find the balance between the two sectors. And we believe that serving in the national service uh, is better and it's good for both of the sides. And actually, our motto is serving the country while serving your community. It's like a, kind of a, like a win-win situation. That's what we're like right now aiming, and we can see in the last years there's a the higher percentage of volunteering from the Arab sector in the national service. Okay. Uh, just before we go to your organization, and I would like to talk a bit more about that, perhaps you can just share what happened to you the day you were shot at in Lebanon during your IDF service. Uh, sure. Um, it was actually two days before ceasefire. Uh, on the 10th of uh, August 2006, um, I was uh, in, a, in a shelter. It was 5 o'clock in the morning, and we heard an explosion. Uh, from that explosion, a tank got hit by an anti-tank missile, and the whole crew over there was badly injured. So we were the first unit and the closest unit to this event, so we had to go and evacuate the team. And that's what we did. And then we had an order to evacuate them to a point where a chopper can take them back to Israel because they are really badly injured and must uh, evacuate them as soon as possible. The whole operation should have taken us about 35 minutes, no more. But in war, in life, in reality, you can, you know, plan something, but everything can go wrong. And instead of having 35 minutes, we ended up having an hour and a half, uh, which means when we got back from the evacuation, Back to the shelter point, it was daylight, uh, and we were exposed by uh, Hezbollah ambush. So Hezbollah decided to shoot the same rocket that they shot on the tank. They decided to shoot it at me. Uh, lucky for me, it wasn't. Hit, I didn't hit directly, but it bypassed me and hit a wall that was very close to me. I found the explosion and flew up in the air and landed on my belly. Uh, after a few minutes, after a few seconds, I, I turned out on my back. And I understood that my foot was cut off. Was cut off. 
uh, immediately my unit came and evacuated me. They turned, they, they gave me the uh, first uh, aid and I understood that my foot was cut off and my other foot fragments just went through the whole leg. Um, I got a fragment that cut my face. Um, and once they evacuated me to the hospital, um, from there, uh, after six days, I woke up. And after 14 uh, surgeries, I started my second war, which is the war to fully rehabilitate. And one year later, I did fully rehabilitate. And today, not only I can walk, but I also play soccer. Hmm. That year of rehabilitation, were there regrets? Did you think back and think, I shouldn't have done this? <laughs> Never. I want to tell you something. I think everything I did in my life brought me to the point where I am right now. Um, obviously, if you would tell me, okay, would you not get injured? Who wants to be injured? But this happened. This happened because of the decisions that I took. I can tell you that because of the injury, eventually today, my personality is what it is. And I'm doing what I'm doing uh, based on uh, what I experienced in my life. Uh, regret something like this, I don't think it would be, I wouldn't be honest with myself about telling, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm sad or I wish it didn't happen. You know, for me, it is part of my life. And going back, if you would ask me, knowing that this is what happened, will you uh, also volunteer for the army? My answer would be 100% yes. Yusuf, when you recovered, you started an organization um, to bring Arab society closer to Israeli society. Can you tell me a bit about your organization? Sure. So our organization called Together Vouch for Each Other, it's an Arab-Israeli organization. Um, and it's quite nice because the board of this organization is assembled from uh, a Muslim woman, a Druze woman, a Christian and we even wanted to have a Jewish uh, uh, man because we wanted to say that although we are an Arab uh, organization, we want to have all the sectors in Israel in this organization because we want to, sh to show unity. We want to show that uh, all of us are Israelis and it doesn't really matter what is your religion. Uh, I am the CEO of the organization. Uh, and here's a, here's a nice, nice fact about us. Our website manager, she's actually a Jewish Orthodox. Uh, so when we do a meeting, we have to keep kosher because of her. So it's very funny because the majority of the people are Arab and we don't keep kosher, obviously. But for, for her, we will look for a restaurant especially to keep kosher. Um, the organization goals are to bring the Arab sector closer to the Israeli society, to be an integral part of the Israeli society. As I said before, we are uh, advocating and promoting the national service. Uh, we believe this will actually help the first cause, which is to integrate in the Israeli society. And by that, we want to deal and treat the main problems in our society that we think that the Arab leaders in the Knesset are not doing, which is, you know, to treat the violence in general, violence against women, illegal weapons, we want better infrastructure, better education, and we want to do that hand-to-hand -hand with the associate officers in Israel. 
uh, we believe that this is the way to uh, affect and to do some changes. And one more thing that we do in the organization is, as my leaders, we go and speak on Israel and talk the truth about Israel and say the whole truth, give the whole picture, even if it's sometimes saying some criticism. In fact, not only we see it as an obligatory because we are citizens of this uh, country, but it's something that I think anyone should do that. We should not be afraid to criticize our country, but at the same time, we should say, guys, what you hear in the media, what you hear on the news, on TV, it's a completely different from the reality uh, that uh, exists in, in Israel. And as I said, we find it very interesting that a lot of people are more and more wanting to hear someone who is not Jewish and to see him defend or telling the truth about Israel, it gives another point of view. And uh, if I may share a story that I had in Harvard University, uh, when I uh, entered the, the, uh, the class, I asked the professor not to introduce me. And I told him, please, just say that I'm from Israel. Don't say my name, don't say anything. And, um, and, and, and I had a purpose, because I knew that something would happen eventually during my lecture, and it did happen after 25 minutes, when a student, um, you know, stand up and he said, well, obviously you're going to speak about Israel like this. I would accept, expect that from any Jewish person to do that. Now, one, I would like to tell you that, unfortunately, it's not true, because there is some Jews, in, especially in the United States, that they are less pro-Israeli than more pro-Palestinian, if I can say it in this way. And second, I looked at him, and with my most Arabic accent, I said, my name is Yusuf Haddad, I'm an Israeli Arab. Hmm. And Sharif, I can tell you, like, if you could have dropped a feather, <laughs> you would hear the feather touching the ground. And five seconds later, the commotion was big. Like, everybody started talking, and they suddenly understood that everything I was saying, it took a different point of view, because suddenly it didn't come from a Jewish person, but it came from an Arab person, um, which is quite fascinating to see that. So we are keep doing that. Uh, we are very also, um, you know, not only me, but also the other uh, members in the organization that goes and speak, uh, we're very reliable because we are giving the whole picture about Israel, which means, as I said before, saying the truth and nothing but the truth. Yusuf, my last question to you. What role do you think Israeli Arabs can play in the Palestinian-Israeli conflict? This is an amazing question, because eventually, I believe, in my humble opinion, that the role of the Israeli Arabs is going to be the crucial role, which means they are the one that eventually will bring a peace agreement between the Palestinians and the Israelis. Until today, nobody is talking about it like this. Until today, everyone is um, busy with the international community, busy uh, uh, inside of Israel, but they're not talking about it especially or specifically about the Israeli Arabs. I believe that eventually the young generation in our country, in our, in our Arab sector, wants to be fully integrated with the Israeli society. And we've seen that. We've seen how they want to affect and in the future, those young generations will be in positions in high offices in Israel, 
and they will affect. And when that happened, a few years from now, uh, we will see that we are the ones that we will approach the Palestinians and actually make them to go to the negotiation table, to start the negotiation, and to end this conflict, and to go for peace agreement once and for all. Yusuf, on that very encouraging note, we have to leave it there. But firstly, thank you so much for talking to me. And secondly, just to say how much I admire you for your courage and perseverance and for the amazing work that you're doing. I'm an Israeli, and I'm (laughs) proud Israeli. So I will keep doing that. Thank you for having me. Thank you for everyone. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was Yusuf Haddad, who's in South Africa, telling his story.